Welcome to The Future Strategist with James Miller. I don't have a guest today, but instead I'm going to discuss a paper I co-authored titled The Fermi Paradox, Bayes' Rule, and Existential Risk Management that was recently published in the academic journal Futures. The goal of the paper is to mine the Fermi Paradox for hints as to how mankind can increase its chances of surviving long enough for us to colonize other star systems. This podcast will discuss some of the non-mathematical results of my paper. The key result of the paper is that while the Fermi paradox should reduce our estimate of the odds of our survival, the Fermi paradox also gives us an informational advantage over alien civilizations that existed in the distant past. We face a more paradoxical Fermi paradox than they did. The older the universe is, the stranger it should seem to a civilization that it had yet to find evidence of alien life. We, therefore, face a more paradoxical Fermi paradox than every civilization that has come before us. Consequently, if the Fermi paradox is caused by some trap that almost always destroys civilizations between when they industrialize and when they become spacefaring, we have more reason to suspect such a trap than did existential extraterrestrial civilizations that existed long ago. I'd like to explain the Fermi paradox with a passage from a Sherlock Holmes novel. Police detective, is there any other point to which you wish to draw my attention? Sherlock Holmes, to the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Police detective, the dog did nothing in the nighttime. Sherlock Holmes, that was the curious incident. What was relevant to Holmes was the absence of something happening that he thought ordinarily should have happened. The absence of evidence can be the evidence of absence. The Fermi paradox is our surprising failure to find evidence of life on other planets. The Fermi paradox is an absence of evidence surprise. It's surprising because of what we don't see, not because of what we do see. Let me briefly discuss why the Fermi paradox is worthy of its name, why the absence of evidence of alien life should confuse you. Let's start by considering astronomical reasons supporting the Fermi paradox. The universe is very big and old. There's probably a huge number of Earth-like planets within, let's say, 10 million light years of us, and many of them have been around for a lot longer than Earth has. Yes, the speed of light probably limits how fast any civilization could travel, but you would think that some civilization within 10 million light years of us would have gotten started in the last billion years and they had plenty of time to reach us. Let's move to biological reasons supporting the paradox. Life on Earth appears to have started almost as soon as the Earth cooled down enough to allow it to exist. This implies that it probably wasn't too difficult for that re first replicator to come into existence. The common ancestor of humans, dolphins, octopi, and crows was far less intelligent than any of these four species, implying that once this common ancestor evolved, it was relatively easy for evolution to develop the intellectual characteristics that all four of these species share, such as abilities to remember and plan. Furthermore, there does not seem to be anything especially unusual about humankind's development as compared to the evolution of other life on Earth. Evolution, by its nature, ought to favor life that wants to expand and survive, 
not colonizing your nearby stars or even your whole galaxy um, means a civilization runs the risk of losing valuable resources to others and eventually being overcome by them. Even if an alien civilization was peaceful and had no intrinsic desire to expand beyond its home solar system, it should recognize that evolution could easily give rise on some distant planet to an imperialistic or xenocidal race. Imagine that in a few centuries, mankind has the technology to start colonizing our galaxy. Wouldn't we fear that even if we were peaceful, we might someday encounter an alien civilization ruled by a Hitler or Genghis Khan and feel compelled to protect ourselves by taking over numerous other star systems? Let's finally consider physics-based reasons supporting the strangeness of the Fermi paradox. If the laws of thermodynamics are correct, the universe has a limited amount of free energy, and once this runs out, no more useful work can be done. Everything dies. An advanced civilization should want to capture the free energy of stars rather than allowing it to dissipate uselessly into space. The starlight we see at night represents a vast waste of useful free energy, which, if our understanding of physics is correct, would seem to be incompatible with an advanced civilization's desire to survive as long as possible. That is, we should be surprised that advanced civilizations <coughs> have not turned off the stars by some method to save their free energy or built Dyson spheres around all of the stars to capture this free energy. Self-replication offers yet another reason to be surprised by the absence of alien life. Eventually, it should be possible for us to build self-replicating machines that go out, gather resources, and make copies of themselves, then send these copies to other star systems where they repeat the process. These machines could explore nearby galaxies at a tiny cost once we master nanotechnology. The possibility of these self-replicating probes means that even if an alien race has little interest in exploration, it could explore its nearby galaxies at a very low cost to itself. And this exploration would be an insurance policy against some other civilization that had xenocidal intents. Something stops almost all star systems from giving rise to life that makes itself known to us. Economist Robin Hansen has labeled whatever stops this the Great Filter. Perhaps the Great Filter is the near impossibility of simple life developing. Or it could be the fact that evolution almost never creates life capable of discovering calculus. If the Great Filter is something mankind has already passed, we're safe. But if the Great Filter lies ahead of us, we're likely doomed. Think of the Great Filter as a test that every star system must pass before it gives birth to a species that can colonize its galaxy. The Fermi paradox implies that this exam is extremely hard to pass. If our star system has yet to pass this test, we're probably doomed. Unfortunately, if we've already passed the Great Filter, we are extremely special. In contrast, if the Great Filter lies ahead of us, we could be ordinary. There could be a huge number of species at our level of development across the universe if something destroys these species before they can go on to colonize neighboring star systems. It can't be that there's a huge number of species like us and most of them go on and are able to colonize their galaxy because then we would have seen evidence of this. So given the Fermi paradox, 
if the great filter is something we've already passed, we're really special, we're really strange. In contrast, if the great filter is something we haven't passed, it could be that we're very common, but we'll just get wiped out relatively soon. Now, unfortunately, if you're uncertain of your place in the universe, if you're uncertain, if you're very common or very rare, you should probably update to thinking you're common. But us being common, there being a lot of planets up out there that have Earth-level technology, that means we're going to be destroying ourselves or something's going to destroy us fairly soon. Let's imagine that we are common, that thousands of civilizations in our galaxy alone have reached our level of development, but then gone extinct. What, what could cause that? What could get all of these civilizations? Well, one possibility is that there's some kind of doomsday trap that awaits civilizations like ours. For example, imagine an alternate universe creating a single atomic power plant would destroy a planet, but for reasons that are really complicated and that you don't figure out until long after you've had the capacity to build an atomic power plant. So it's, it's very possible in this alternate universe that most species, before they're capable of colonizing other star systems, you know, they, they work on atomic power, they develop it, and then because of some quirk and string theory in their universe, their planet's destroyed. And this, in this universe, this doomsday trap, you know, is the Fermi paradox. Perhaps in our universe, there's some weird particle accelerator experiment that pretty much any civilization is going to eventually try, and there's no reason to suspect it would be dangerous unless you understand this weird quirk of physics that you almost certainly aren't going to get until long, long after you've probably performed the particle accelerator experiment. And in our universe, this particle accelerator experiment is the doomsday trap. The key insight of this paper is that if the doomsday trap is the great filter, we actually have an advantage over past civilizations. And that's we have more reason to suspect it than they did because we exist at a later time period in our universe's history than they did and so we should be more confused by the Fermi paradox and be more on the lookout for a doomsday trap. I mean, imagine a teacher gives an important pass-fail test to students one at a time. Now unknown to the students, this test has a trick that you need to figure out in order to pass. The first few students fail because they didn't know about the trick. But eventually students start to realize, wait a minute, there's something kind of screwy about this test. They take that into account in their preparation. They're far more wary and, well, maybe they'll still fail, but at least they're, they have, they're warned and they have a better chance of passing than before. Now, just based on what we know about the laws of physics, we should probably assign a very low probability to the universe containing a doomsday trap that almost inevitably destroys civilization between when they can, say, discover calculus and colonize other planets. Consequently, just going by what we understand about physics, we should probably put very little effort into searching for or avoiding such a trap. The Fermi paradox, however, should cause us to significantly upgrade our prior estimate of the existence of such a trap, and hence 
should cause us to devote more resources to finding and avoiding it. Now, the most obvious way to search for this trap is to use astronomy to search for the dead remains of extraterrestrial civilizations. And so one actionable implication of my paper is that mankind should devote more resources to the search for extraterrestrial life. The Fermi paradox gives us hints as to the nature of the possible doomsday trap. Unfortunately, to get into the hints, I have to do a lot of math, and it's in the paper, but I don't want to put it into the podcast. But one thing I can say is that we should be especially worried about traps that are likely to hit nearly every civilization. So going back to some particle accelerator experiment, if this is something, you know, a scientist is worried about a doomsday trap and like, well, should I perform this experiment with my particle accelerator? If it's an experiment that's just really weird and you, you can't really imagine very many civilizations doing this, then yeah, it's probably safe. In contrast, if you're like, yeah, this is the natural thing that pretty much any civilization would do before it was too advanced, then yeah, you should be worried. So we should be most worried about a trap that would hit almost every civilization. So if you're a scientist, you're doing something extremely weird, probably not the doomsday trap. If you're doing something that you think most every civilization would eventually do before it colonized another star system, such as developing atomic power, then yeah, that is a candidate for the doomsday trap. The Fermi paradox gives us lots of hints as to how we can survive. First, let's go back to the assumption that many past civilizations have probably tried to survive but failed. Well, from this we can surmise that the obvious strategies of survival probably won't work. Right? If lots of people took a test, they all failed, if you think, well, there's an obvious strategy to pass this test, it's a strategy I would have used if I thought it was easy to pass this test. Well, you shouldn't use that strategy. So the Fermi paradox should say, if this is something that seems likely to work to cause our species to survive, hmm, we should be suspicious because chances are there were lots of civilizations in the past that tried the strategy and it didn't work out for them. So consequently, the Fermi paradox should push us to look for survival strategies that were probably not tried by past civilizations. Now, of course, how can we know what past civilizations did? Well, biology might give us a hint. For example, let's say our astronomers figure out in the next decade that, you know, oh, most planets that are in the Goldilocks zone that can support life, they're totally covered in oceans. So if there are other species out there that evolved intelligence equal to greater than ours, they probably were seagoing. Well, if that's true, we could say, okay, how are our brains different from what the brains are likely to be of ocean-going or of, of ocean-based life? Perhaps a way to find this would be to maybe to breed extra intelligence into octopuses, maybe simulating the conditions if octopuses were under greater natural selection for increased intelligence. If we could figure out, hey, this is our intellectual strength compared to what the intellectual strength of most evolved creatures that were capable of you know, landing on their moons, then we should use that intellectual strength and say, this is, how we, this is where we should look for strategies to survive. 
because this is these will be strategies that probably lots of other people haven't tried to use but failed at using. Again, we should try to guess at ways in which we are different from other species that were in our place that had our level of technology because they probably failed and we don't want to fail so we want to do different things from what they did. The Fermi paradox paradoxically should nudge us to using existential risk avoidance strategies that are dangerous. Remember, if we're common, then there have been lots of species that achieved our level of technological development. They tried to survive, but they failed. So the things they did didn't work out, and they probably won't work out for us. So this should push us to trying to find things that we could do that they didn't do. Well, if something seems really dangerous, that makes it less likely that past civilizations use that strategy, which means it's less likely that the strategy was tried but, but found wanting. One obvious example of a dangerous strategy that could save us from destroying itself but also could destroy us is attempting to create a friendly artificial superintelligence. Now, if we were able to create a friendly artificial superintelligence and you know it, it, it had our values in mind, it could protect us, it could probably help us colonize our galaxy. So creating a, a friendly AI superintelligence probably would push us past the great filter. Unfortunately, if we create a superintelligence that's not friendly, eh, it won't go well for us. Think of what happened to the, the Aztecs when Cortez came around. You know, this, there's a, a huge amount written on this. I'm not going to go through everything, but creating an unfriendly AI could go very badly for a species and it, that would likely cause your destruction. So it's very possible that, let's say, four million years ago, a species arose, it looked around, it didn't find evidence of extraterrestrial life, but it said, ah, that's because we're early. Yeah, a huge number of planets are going to form in the universe capable of giving life, but very few of them will have formed now. So the reason we think that we're alone in the universe is because we came very early. So they, they investigate the possibility of creating an AI superintelligence, like, oh man, this is way too dangerous. Let's just, let's just put this off for a few thousand years. We'll colonize a bunch of solar systems, then we'll get back to it. And then they get hit by the doomsday trap. Well, now since we exist at a much later time in you know, the universe's history, we might say, yeah, AI, that is really dangerous. That might not go well for us, but our current path we're probably going to destroy ourselves or something's going to get us. The Fermi paradox implies we're almost certainly doomed if we do what all the past civilizations did. So we're, we're desperate. And because we're desperate, that makes it more likely by itself that we should take this, that it's worth taking the risk of a dangerous strategy. But also, we think this dangerous strategy has probably not been tried in the past because it was dangerous and people in the past didn't perceive themselves to be in as desperate a situation as we do. Another reason that we that the Fermi paradox should push us to trying to develop a friendly superintelligence is that if a civilization attempted to create an AI and it went wrong, it destroyed them, that actually could leave a big trace in the universe. 
an unfriendly artificial superintelligence might fail by becoming what's known as a paperclip maximizer, where it expands as fast as it can, converting all the stuff it comes in contact with into whatever it's trying to maximize, such as, say, paperclips. If this paperclip maximizer expanded at less than the speed of light, we might see evidence. Our, our telescopes would look up and we'd see this giant void or this weird material in this part of the galaxy or in some other galaxy that was expanding. We don't see that. Us not seeing this is Bayesian evidence lowering the probability of the existence of such a paperclip maximizer. And it's at least weak evidence against the probability that other civilizations have tried but failed to create an artificial superintelligence. So for most existential risk strategies, if they fail, they wouldn't leave a trace. But creating an AI, if you do that and it goes wrong, it's more likely to leave a trace. And since we don't see the trace, that is evidence that other civilizations haven't tried it. And again, we should be desperately trying to avoid using strategies that past civilizations attempted to use to survive because we know that these past civilizations didn't survive. Now, this previous argument shows why the Fermi paradox makes the zoo hypothesis a lot less likely. The zoo hypothesis holds that the universe is home to many advanced civilizations, but they intentionally hide their presence from us most likely to avoid interfering with our natural evolution and, col and cultural development. It's, it's like Star Trek's prime directive, which they never follow, but you know. Now, the zoo hypothesis is one of the many that tries to explain the Fermi paradox. The problem is that if advanced civilizations are really trying to conceal their existence from us, we cannot accurately gauge our chances of long-term survival. Right? By hiding from us, they falsely, they falsely convinced us that we are in desperate shape. So keeping mankind in a zoo would be analogous to a doctor falsely telling a patient that the patient has a dangerous disease when the doctor knows the patient might then try a high-risk treatment. I mean, if you know, the zoo hypothesis were true, the aliens could give us an explanation of the Fermi paradox that didn't involve a late grade filter. It didn't you know, involve a high likelihood that all civilizations at our level are soon doomed. They could have you know, said we're the only, they could have made us the only planet in the universe. They could have made it appear that we were one of the first planets to appear. Instead, given our position in the universe, if they're faking a Fermi paradox, they're faking the fact that we're probably doomed, which will, you know, cause us, which will cause us to take different steps than we otherwise would. So the zoo hypothesis, it's not working if it's true because it's poisoning our understanding of existential risk strategy. And of course, I think all of this should lower the probability of the zoo hypothesis being accurate. The paper speculates that the universe might actually be fine-tuned for the Fermi paradox. If the laws of physics were just slightly different, life probably couldn't have arisen in our universe. Our universe might be fine-tuned for life because there are a huge number of universes, each with different laws of physics, and only under a tiny set of these laws can sentient life exist, and we shouldn't be surprised to live in one of these fine-tuned universes. So basically, if there's like, you know, a hundred trillion universes and 
seven is possible for there to be life, well, yeah, we'll be in one of those seven, and we shouldn't be surprised to say, oh my God, look at these constants of nature. They're just exactly right for life to exist. Well, yeah, because if that wasn't the case, we couldn't be asking the question of why do we exist. But our universe might also be fine-tuned for the Fermi paradox, especially if advanced civilizations often create paperclip maximizers. Now, perhaps if you look at the subset of all possible laws of physics under which sentient life can exist, in a tiny subset of these, you'll get a Fermi paradox because, say, some quirk in the laws of physics make interstellar travel very hard or creates a trap that destroys all civilizations before they become spacefaring. Now, civilizations such as ours will constantly arrive, arise in these universes. So if it's the particle accelerator experiment that we're likely to try, you know, in three years from now, and it's the experiment that almost every, every civilization will eventually try, well, in that universe, there's going to be lots of life like us. But now in contrast, imagine universes fine-tuned for life, but not for the Fermi paradox. In these civilizations, let's say, they inevitably try to create artificial intelligence, and this turns into a paperclip maximizer that spreads as fast as it can and destroys all further life in its expansion path. So very few civilizations will arise in this universe. Or maybe in these universes, you know, the first civilization that arises says, hey, let's gobble up all the resources we can. It sends out self-replicating probes at nearly the speed of light, and it just, you know, eats everything in the universe. So very few civilizations ever develop in these universes. As a result, most civilizations such as ours might develop in universes that are fine-tuned for both life and the Fermi paradox. So we shouldn't be surprised that we exist in a universe with a Fermi paradox because that's where most people like us will be. Now, the paper has one really big practical policy implication I, I want to discuss. We advocate in the paper that we should flood our galaxy with radio signals. Just to explain this, imagine that in a few centuries, humanity still experiences the Fermi paradox, but on theoretical grounds, scientists determined that there was nothing special about our development and civilizations such as ours have almost certainly arisen thousands of times in our galaxy alone. Most people will become convinced that the Fermi paradox means we'll soon destroy ourselves or fall victim to some undetected trap. Then, let's say a future Elon Musk or the original if anti-aging research pays off, announces we no longer need fear the great silence of the Fermi paradox, as last night he launched 100 von Neumann probes that will eventually make billions of copies of, them of themselves spread throughout our neighborhood. If any probe encounters intelligent life, it will make contact, explain it comes in peace, and provide a complete history of mankind. If a probe finds a planet that might someday spawn creatures capable of communicating with it, the probe will leave a few copies of itself on the planet. Within a billion years, the probes will investigate every planet within, say, 10 million light years. Since the probes can repair themselves, they'll last until the end of the universe. The world rejoices in the knowledge that we've almost certainly escaped the Great Filter. Before the probes launch, we suspected that civilizations such as ours almost never survive long enough to leave a trace visible to other civilizations at our level of development. 
But now we know we have passed this point. We have passed through the great filter. Even if we don't know where the great filter is, we know we'll have passed it. So we'll no longer put ourselves in the same reference class as all those civilizations whose collapse contributed to the Fermi paradox. Now, it's going to take a long time probably for us to figure out how to build self-replicating probes. But we could distinguish ourselves from failed civilizations by flooding our galaxy with radio signals. While communicating with fellow humans, we already send out massive amounts of information that an alien civilization could pick up. But I think we should deliberately send out radio signals in order to make ourselves visible to other civilizations at our level of development. Now, some people might say this could be dangerous. Maybe there are other civilizations out there hiding because the universe is a dark forest, a very dangerous place. So, okay. So instead, what we could do is we could put satellites in space and maybe put um, radio telescopes on Earth that will send out signals conditional on our destruction. They could say have dead men switches where the satellites do nothing so long as they get a yearly signal from people. But if for some reason we fail to send out a signal, they'll just transmit as long as they can. Now, the advantage of doing this is that once we've sent out, once we've put these satellites in place, we'll figure that we will leave a trace to other civilizations. So we'll no longer be in the reference class of species that go extinct without leaving a trace. And maybe this will put us past the great filter. Now there's been a huge amount written on causation. I go into a bit into the paper. I'm not gonna go into it here. And under certain theories of causation, what I'm suggesting doesn't make any sense. But even if you think it doesn't make any sense, it would actually be an act of astronomical altruism if what these signals contain is the latest news events, the last things, you know, the, the last news reports of mankind, right? Imagine we do destroy ourselves because of a particle physics experiment. Wouldn't it be a truly great thing for mankind to do to send out, you know, the satellites to send out these signals saying, uh, yes, our species, we're sending this out because we've destroyed ourselves, we don't know why. Oh, and here are the events of the last week. We conducted these particle physics experiments and this person did this. You know, this, this could be a great thing. Maybe, our, maybe we have no hope of escaping the Fermi paradox, but what we could do is help other civilizations escape it. Well, thank you for listening to me today. And I should end by, by saying that you can't really do footnotes on a podcast. So a lot of the ideas mentioned in this podcast were things developed by people other than myself and my co-author. Thank you very much. Goodbye.